Section 20 of Pirates of Panama, The Buccaneers of America by A. O. Esquemelin, translated by G. A. Williams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 12, Part 5 With this courageous resolution they set sail to seek the Spaniards. On April 30, 1669, they found the Spanish fleet riding at anchor in the middle of the entry of the lake. Captain Morgan, it being now late and almost dark, commanded all his vessels to anchor, designing to fight even all night if they forced him to do it. He ordered a careful watch to be kept aboard every vessel till morning, they being almost within shot, as well as within sight of the enemy. The day dawning, they weighed anchor, and sailed again, steering directly towards the Spaniards, who, seeing them move, did instantly the same. The fire-ship, sailing before the rest, fell presently upon the great ship, and grappled her, which the Spaniards, too late, perceiving to be a fire-ship, they attempted to put her off, but in vain, for the flame seizing her timber and tackling, soon consumed all the stern, the forepart sinking into the sea, where she perished. The second Spanish ship, perceiving the admiral to burn, not by accident, but by industry of the enemy, escaped towards the castle, where the Spaniards themselves sunk her, choosing to lose their ship rather than to fall into the hands of those pirates. The third, having no opportunity to escape, was taken by the pirates. The seamen that sunk the second ship near the castle, perceiving the pirates come towards them to take what remains they could find of their shipwreck, for some part was yet above the water, set fire also to this vessel, that the pirates might enjoy nothing of that spoil. The first ship being set on fire, some of the persons in her swam towards the shore. These pirates would have taken up in their boats, but they would not ask or take quarter, choosing rather to lose their lives than receive them from their hands, for reasons which I shall relate. The pirates being extremely glad at this signal victory so soon obtained, and with so great an inequality of forces, conceived greater pride than they had before, and all presently ran ashore, intending to take the castle. This they found well provided with men, cannon, and ammunition, they having no other arms than muskets, and a few hand-grenados. Their own artillery they thought incapable, for its smallness, of making any considerable breach in the walls. Thus they spent the rest of the day, firing at the garrison with their muskets, till the dusk of the evening, when they attempted to advance nearer the walls, to throw in their fireballs. But the Spaniards, resolving to sell their lives as dear as they could, fired so furiously at them, that they having experimented the obstinacy of the enemy, and seeing thirty of their men dead, and as many more wounded, they retired to their ships. The Spaniards, believing the pirates would next day renew the attack with their own cannon, laboured hard all night to put things in order for their coming. Particularly, they dug down and made plain some little hills and eminences, when possibly the castle might be offended. But Captain Morgan intended not to come again, busying himself next day in taking prisoners some of the men who still swam alive, hoping to get part of the riches lost in the two ships that perished. Among the rest he took a pilot, who was a stranger, and who belonged to the lesser ship of the two, of whom he inquired several things, as— what number of people those three ships had in them, whether they expected any more ships to come, from what port they set forth at last, when they came to seek them out. He answered in Spanish, Noble sir, 
Be pleased to pardon and spare me, that no evil be done to me, being a stranger to this nation I have served, and I shall sincerely inform you of all that passed till our arrival at this lake. We were sent by orders from the Supreme Council of State in Spain, being six men of war well equipped, into these seas, with instructions to cruise upon the English pirates, and root them out from these parts by destroying as many of them as we could. These orders were given, upon the news brought to the court of Spain of the loss and ruin of Puerto Bello, and other places, of all of which damages and hostilities committed here by the English, dismal lamentations have often been made to the Catholic King and Council, to whom belongs the care and preservation of this new world. And though the Spanish court hath many times by their ambassadors complained hereof to the King of England, yet it hath been the constant answer of His Majesty of Great Britain, that he never gave any letters patent, nor commissions, for acting any hostility against the subjects of the King of Spain. Hereupon the Catholic King resolved to revenge his subjects, and punish these proceedings, commanded six men of war to be equipped, which he sent under the command of Don Augustine de Bustos, admiral of the said fleet. He commanded the biggest ship, named Enes de la Soleda, of forty-eight great guns, and eight small ones. The vice-admiral was Don Alonso del Campo y Espinosa, who commanded the second ship, called La Concepcion, of forty-four great guns, and eight small ones, besides four vessels more, whereof the first was named the Magdalene, of thirty-six great guns, and twelve small ones, with two hundred and fifty men. The second was called the St. Louis, with twenty-six great guns, twelve small ones, and two hundred men. The third was called La Marquesa, of sixteen great guns, eight small ones, and one hundred and fifty men. The fourth and last, N.S. del Carmen, with eighteen great guns, eight small ones, and one hundred and fifty men. Being arrived at Cartagena, the two greatest ships received orders to return to Spain, being judged too big for cruising on these coasts. With the four ships remaining, Don Alonso del Campa y Espinosa departed towards Campeche to seek the English. We arrived at the port there, where, being surprised by a huge storm from the north, we lost one of our ships, being that which I named last. Hence we sailed for Hispaniola, inside of which we came in a few days, and steered for Santo Domingo. Here we heard that there had passed that way a fleet from Jamaica, and that some men thereof had landed at Alta Gracia. The inhabitants had taken one prisoner, who confessed that their design was to go and pillage the city of Caracas. On hearing this news, Don Alonso instantly weighed anchor, and crossing over to the continent, we came in sight of the Caracas. Here we found them not, but met with a boat, which certified us they were in the lake of Maracaibo, and the fleet consisted of seven small ships and one boat. Upon this we came here, and arriving at the entry of the lake, we shot off a gun for a pilot from the shore. Those on land, perceiving we were Spaniards, came willingly to us with a pilot, and told us the English had taken Maracaibo, and that they were now at the pillage of Gibraltar. Don Alonso, on this news, made a handsome speech to his soldiers and mariners, encouraging them to their duty, and promising to divide among them all they should take from the English. He ordered the guns we had taken out of the ship that was lost to be put into the castle, and mounted for its defence, with two eighteen-pounders more, out of his own ship. The pilots conducted us into the port, and Don Alonso commanded the people on shore to come before him, whom he ordered to repossess the castle, and reinforce it with one hundred men more than it had before its being taken. 
Soon after, we heard of your return from Gibraltar to Maracaibo, whither Don Alonso wrote you a letter, giving you an account of his arrival and design, and exhorting you to restore what you had taken. This you refusing, he renewed his promises to his soldiers and seamen, and having given a very good supper to all his people, he ordered them not to take or give any quarter, which was the occasion of so many being drowned, who dared not to crave quarter, knowing themselves must give none. Two days before you came against us, a negro came aboard Don Alonso's ship, telling him, Sir, be pleased to have great care of yourself, for the English have prepared a fire-ship, with design to burn your fleet. But Don Alonso, not believing this, answered, How can that be? Have they, peradventure, wit enough to build a fire-ship? Or what instruments have they to do it withal? End of chapter 12, part 5